Let's pray. Oh, God. Big, big God. Big fisherman God. Look at you. Drawing us into your heart and your life. And wanting to do on this campus what you do in heaven so well. You love each other as one. Do it here. Do whatever it takes to do it here. And use all of us, I pray. Now, we go to, go to the Word. This fish story. Dear God, let it be clear. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If it's okay with you, I'd like to read a very short fish story. Very short. This is a story. Maybe you've never heard this story before. Will you hear it today? Here it is. Once upon a time when he was standing on the shore of Lake Gennesaret. That would be the Sea of Galilee. The crowd was pushing in on him to better hear the Word of God. He noticed two boats tied up. The fishermen had just left them and were out scrubbing their nets. He climbed into the boat that was Simon's and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Sitting there, I love this, sitting there using the boat for a pulpit, he taught the crowd. When he was finished teaching, he said to Simon, Yo, Pete, push out into deep water and let your nets out for a catch. And Simon said, Master, We've been fishing hard all night and haven't caught even a minnow. But if you say so, I'll let out the nets. It was no sooner said than done. A huge haul of fish straining the nets past capacity. They waved to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They filled both boats, nearly swamping them with the catch. Simon Peter, when he saw it, fell to his knees before Jesus. Master, leave me. I'm a sinner and I can't handle this holiness. Leave me to myself. When they pulled in that catch of fish, awe overwhelmed Simon and everyone with him. It was the same with James and John, Zebedee's sons, co-workers with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, there is nothing to fear. From now on, you'll be fishing for men and women. They pulled their boats up on the beach, left their nets and all, and followed him. You know, I, I, I don't mind Jesus having these uh, fish stories in the New Testament, but I've got to tell you, I have, a little pr- <laughs> I have a little problem with fish. I mean, you know, you, you think about it. Am I the only one, or is this... Do fish seem a bit gullible to you? Huh? Sort of a little naive, easily tricked. Sit around the whole day. That's all they do. That's all they do. I've seen them on BBC. So, Jesus, why, why, why did you use fish as some kind of big missions metaphor? Oh, Dwight, because, you know, whenever I see that fish, I'm thinking of you because you're a lot like that. Gullible, naive, follows the crowd. Oh, I get it. It's amazing to me that Jesus takes fish and the metaphor of fishing. He says, this is the mission of my kingdom. I'm going to prove it to you right now. Take out your study guide. I'm going to run them by you. Five one-liners. One, two, three, four, five. You'll write them down in your study guide. You didn't get a study guide, hold your hand up. Very friendly ushers are coming your way right now. You'll want these. Put your hand up, and uh, they're coming your way. I want to say to you who are live streaming right now, we're very glad to have you. You're joining us brand new, starting right now, a series called Gone Fishing, part one. 
You need the same study guide. And so you see right there in the website, because you're on our website, you see our website. You go there and click on study guide. Part one, study guide. Click on. You say, wait a minute, Dwight, I'm not live streaming. I'm watching, I'm watching on television. Okay, our website's at the bottom of the picture right there, www.newperceptions.tv. Okay, one word, newperceptions.tv. Go to part one of Gone Fishing, study guide. You'll have the same study guide. It works every time, we hope. Let us know if it doesn't. Okay, let's go. Jesus' mission for you and me. Here we go. Jot them down. Five one-liners. John 17, verse 18, from the Message Bible. In the same way that you, Father, because Jesus is praying to his Father, in the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them, my followers, a mission in the world. Hey, guess what, guys? You and I were born for mission. We were born. We were made for mission. Yep, you, you join this kingdom, you got a mission. Here comes one-liner number two. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 from the Today's English Version. Paul writing, Christ changed us from enemies into his friends and gave us the task, see? We gave us the task of making others his friends also, end quote. Jesus saves us, then he sends us. He says, hey, go make some more friends for me. That's what he's talking about. That's the mission. Here's one-liner number three. John 20, verse 21. This is Sunday night. He rose early this morning. His unbelieving, just with awe, disciples, he's talking to them, and these are Jesus' words to them, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. To do what? Here comes one-liner number four. This is the most well-known of his mission uh, statements. This is Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20 from the contemporary English version. Jot it down. Go to the people of all nations and make them my disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to do everything I have told you. Yeah, but Lord, how are we supposed to do it? Last one. There are five of them. Here comes number five. Mark chapter 1, verse 17. Come, Jesus said. Come, and I will send you out to fish for people. Fly these five verses by and it's absolutely clear that when the God of this universe comes down to the human race, he's enfleshed and they call him Jesus of Nazareth. It's very clear. He came to implant the DNA of his kingdom's mission in every human heart. The DNA of his mission. I have a mission, you have a mission. And by the way, that, D, that DNA is not for just people who believe. That DNA is, is for every earth child right now, which means, you might as well jot this down, which means we were born again to fish. We were born to fish because that's his metaphor for mission. Not only, not only the church. No, 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 no. This DNA is to be embedded in every human heart because not only are you born to get saved, you're born to then help save. The two go together. You're born to be saved, born to get saved, born to help save. You know, sometimes when I'm standing this is the guy that's pumping gas, the next pump, I've never seen him in my life. You haven't either. Where do you come from? Well, he lives here, I guess. You know, I'm always thinking, well, God, God chose me. God wanted me. God willed me into existence. Took my daddy's sperm, ma matched it with my, my mommy's egg, got me. And by the way, don't look so aghast. That's exactly how he got you. <laughs> oh, what, how did Dwight come? Yeah, he got us all the same way. Even if your mother and father were not married, he got us all the same way. 
Same way. So, so, so we tend to think, well, you know, because I'm, I'm chosen. I'm, I'm, yeah, you are. You are. You're, I'm wanted. Yes, you are. But the guy in the next bump who I've never met in my life is also chosen because he got born. If God didn't want him, he wouldn't have gotten born. He got born. God says, I want that boy. I want that girl. Every man, woman, and child on this planet, God says, you were born to get saved so that you might help save. I need you. I want you. I love you. I love you. I'm so crazy about you, I have your picture on my refrigerator. He says that to every earth child. Sometimes we think, well, it's just you and me. No, 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 no. Every person. We're, we're, we're on the train, Karen and I, in Sydney. We were just in Sydney a week ago. At this, you know, this citywide thing. Met in the Olympic Park, by the way. The 2000 Olympics. Whoa, this was, this was dynamite. So, so we had this weekend rally. But we're riding the trains, doing a little sightseeing. Millions of people in Sydney. We're talking millions. And every person we saw, never met him before in my life, never see him again. But every one of those per persons, God says, I got, that, I got that girl's picture on my refrigerator. Do I? I love her. I got a man's picture in my heart. Every earth child has been chosen, loved by God into existence. If he didn't love you, he wouldn't have loved you into existence. You're here because God has a dream for you to get saved and then to help save. Get saved and then to help save. Seven billion children. How many can I get? Get saved and then help save. That's it. Oh, yes, of course, you're right. God could have done it all by himself. He said, hey, guys, stand back, watch this. Boom, he did it. No, he could have said, no, I'm going to do something a little, a little less me. Angels, I want you to go down to this planet, save every man, woman, and child you can find. Just save them. I don't care how you do it. Just save them. He could have done it that way. But oh, no, 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 no. Hold on to your pew. Hold on to your pew right now because I need you to comprehend that God who had all those methods he could have utilized and sets, instead said, yo, stop. They're my, they're my mission delivery system. Messy, messed up. It's okay. I need them. You were born to get saved and then to help save, help him save others. Wow. No, it's a big deal. It's a big deal to the Father. You know why it's a big deal to the Father? I'll give you two reasons why. Number one, it's a big deal to the Father because nobody, and I mean nobody, reaches earth children like another earth children, like another earth child. I mean, I look at you and I can tell we got the DNA. <laughs> we got the DNA. We, are, we can talk. We can communicate. We know each other, even though I've never met you before in my life. Number one. Nobody wins earth children better than earth children. And number two, because, why did he do it? Because every father knows that when you invite your children to join you in the garage to help you on that repair project that you're going to have, it is not because your children have skills that you don't have. Nor is it because you need to get this done very quickly. I want to tell you something. When a daddy invites a, his little girl or his little boy to join him, he knows it's actually going to take longer to get it done now. Right? Why does daddy do it then? Daddy does it because he loves that time with that child. And there's something about sharing a project with your dad, whether you're a little girl or a little boy, there's something about sharing a project with your dad that just kind of, ah, it just kind of pulls you in. God knows that feeling. That's why he says, let's do it together. We'll have time together. We'll kind of go through stuff together. And you'll get to know me more. Would you help me, please? Wow. 
Now it's no big deal for the father to invite his earth children to join him in his passionate mission to save every earth child, if you mean he could have done it himself, of course. But it's a huge deal. I'll tell you why. It's a huge deal because you and I cannot conceive of the unimagined incredible joy that comes to you when you are used by Almighty God to reach another same DNA earth child with the good news about Jesus. And it starts with a smile and it just starts saying, yo, hey, can you believe, can you believe the weather here is your pumping gas? Yo, it's, anything can happen in a conversation, so, you're, so you just, the conversation just opens up. But you can't imagine what it's like if God lays that person on your heart and you, you say, hey, can, hey, I'm dropping by your place and <laughs> you're meeting after lunch or, or whatever. Something begins to happen to you as you begin to pray for this person. You've never known them before in your life, but you're going to pray for them now. And the longer you pray for them, the more you start loving them. You're not going to believe this, but something actually changes inside of you. And the joy that comes when the day, on that day when that person looks at you and says, I want the Jesus you have, because it'll come. I want the Jesus you have. There is no joy like it on this planet. The closest approximation that God can come up with is childbirth. Every mother here knows childbirth. The joy of bringing life into being. But 50% of the human race has no clue what you're talking about, right? So God says, I have a way for you all to experience the greatest joy a human heart can embrace. I want you to help me. Look, if, if, if we didn't join Him, we wouldn't know His heart. We would never know the indescribable joy. We would never know the passion that sent the God of the universe out of His throne room and down to this dark place to spend all those years with us. We'd never know the passion. We would never know why God can't sleep at night. You know why He can't sleep at night, don't you? Yeah. He's got kids that He's got to re reach yet. We'd never know that if we weren't partnering with Him. Oh, that was a brilliant move on His part. What, what is Jesus' mission? Let's put it on the screen. Jesus says, my mission, the Son of Man came to seek and save. What? 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 The lost. Yeah, I'm talking about fish now, Jesus says. I came to seek and save the lost. There's no greater joy. In fact, I told Karen last night at supper, I said, love, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to share a text tomorrow in church. I have never in my lifetime of ministry ever quoted from the pulpit. Today's for the first time. I want you to see it. You're going to need to fill it in. Put it on the screen, please. The little epistle of 3 John. There's no chapter in it. It's just a bunch of verses. 3 John 4, verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And, and the message comes along and says, nothing could make me happier. No greater joy. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what fishing is. There's no greater joy. There is no, nothing will make you happier. You don't know it yet, but you're about to discover it. God is preparing you to be a fisher for Him. <laughs> you will never be the same again. You will never be the same. Okay, so what, what's, it, what's it take to go fishing? Let's go back to the story, the one I just read. So find it in your Bible, Luke chapter 5. I love the message, so I have my little message pocket Bible here. Uh, Luke chapter 5. All right, begin in verse 1. Once upon a time, when Jesus was standing on the shore of Lake Gennesaret, 
Luke's the only one that calls it that. It's the Sea of Galilee. The crowd was pushing in on him to better hear the word of God. He noticed two boats tied up. The fishermen had just left them and were out scrubbing their nets. Jesus climbed into the boat that was Simon's and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Sitting there, using the boat for a pulpit, he taught the crowd. When he was finished teaching, Jesus said to Simon, Yo, Peter, push out into deep water and let your nets out for a catch. And Simon thought. Now, it says Simon said, but Simon thought thought. This is what he thought. He looked at Jesus and he said, you, you carpenter, me, fisherman, me, you have no clue. You have no clue. We fished all night. Do you understand that? Why do we fish at night? Because they can't see the net. If we fish in the day, they see the net. They won't come anyway. That's what he's thinking. He never said it, fortunately. Peter looks into the face of Jesus and says, look at master. We've been fishing hard all night and haven't caught even a minnow. But if you say so, I'll let out the nets. Write that, write that line down, will you? Put out into the deep. Mm. Push out into the deep water. You know why? Because that's where the fish are. But that's a problem with you and me. Come on, let's really be honest, open and vulnerable today. That's a problem with you and me. Nobody likes to go into water over her or his head. Give me a little stream, let me hug the shore, no rough waters, no crashing breakers, no deep uncertainties. I'll just troll the shoreline. That's what I'll do. Nobody wants to be in deep water. But the problem is, shallow waters like this, this is where the fish are not. You're fishing where the fish are not. There are no fish here. They're not here. Fish don't hang around shallow places like this, trust me. They're out there in the bars, in the gyms, in the clubs, in the neighborhoods, in the shopping malls, in the hospitals. They're out there in the workplace. That's where they are. They're out there in the deep. Outside these four walls, too shallow in here, too shallow. Outside your comfort zone. Now, that's the truth. Outside yours and my comfort zone, the four walls, where the depth is unreliable, where fish are unpredictable, where you are uncomfortable. Push out into the deep. That's what Jesus said. Push out. Hey, Peter, push out into the deep. Why? Because out in the deep, fish exist in schools of hundreds and thousands. That's where you go to fish. Oh. Yeah, but you know what, Dwight? That's the problem. I understand that deep part. But as way I, the way I see it, uh, the deep water specialists are called pastors and evangelists. That's what you guys are supposed to do. Wrong. If you're, if you're a disciple, if you're a follower of Jesus, push out into the deep. I know it's threatening, but that's where the fish are. And by the way, once you hear Jesus' last word in the story, you will not be afraid of deep waters ever again. And I'm about to show you that last word. So let's finish the story. So pick it up there. We'll, we'll go back to verse 4. 
when Jesus had finished teaching, he said to Simon, push out into deep water and let your nets out for a catch. And Simon said, Master, we've been fishing hard all night and haven't caught even a minnow. But if you say so, I'll let out the nets. And it was no sooner said than done. A huge haul of fish straining the nets past capacity. They waved to their partners frantically. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come and help. They filled both boats, nearly swamping them with the catch. Simon Peter, when he saw it, he fell to his knees before Jesus and he said, Master, leave. I'm a sinner and can't handle this holiness. Leave me to myself. But Desire of Ages says that when he fell to his knees with that prayer, he was hanging on to Jesus' ankles. I'm not letting you go. Leave Jesus, but I won't let you go. That's the way to pray. Leave me, but I'm not letting you go. Oh, and when they pulled in the catch of fish, awe overwhelmed Simon and everyone with him. It was the same with James and John, Zebedee's boys, co-workers with Simon. And here comes that line now. Jesus said to Simon, there is nothing to fear. There is nothing to fear. From now on, you'll be fishing for men and women. They pulled their boats up on the beach, left them, nets and all, and followed him. In our last series, we learned together that the Creator of this universe, when He speaks a word, do you remember this? When He speaks a word, the word is so omnipotent, right? When the Almighty God speaks a word, no sooner has the word left His lips than in half a nanosecond, what happens? The word immediately creates the reality it describes. So that when God says, yo, in this dark, dark corner of the space, let there be light. He just says it and it happens because His Word is omnipotent. That means that when God speaks His Word to you and you say amen to it, you say, I believe, I believe that Word, amen. What the Word is offering, boom, is immediately created in your heart. You say, Dwight, what are you talking about? Let's put that line on the screen again, please. What did Jesus just say? What did He just say? Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people with me. If in hearing that word you say, wow, I love that, amen, please. That's all you have to say. That's all they've ever said. That's all Abraham said. God said, boom, you got it. Amen. Wow. And the greatest joy a human can experience is yours. You get it. You put your trust in Him. Did we ever share the seven-word credo of Jesus? Have we shared that here? I will put my trust in Him. Seven words. You trust Him. You say, Amen. That fear, gone. Deep waters, you'll be there. Oh, my. So ask, ask. And then are you ready for this? This is, this is amazing. I ended these three lines from Desire of Ages. Amazing. In this very same, commenting on this very same story, Desire of Ages writes, put three, these three sentences on the screen. Here comes sentence number one. The deeper lesson, this, this is incredible, the deeper lesson which the miracle conveyed for the disciples is a lesson for us also. That he whose word, remember, the word is omnipotent. He just says the word, yo fishies, they're there. He whose word could gather the fishes from the sea could also... Now, hold on. Hold on. That same word could also impress human hearts and draw them by the cords of His love so that His servants might become fishers of men. Can you believe that? 
I'm telling you, it's just like salvation. Jesus does it all. He gathers the fish. He impresses the heart. He draws them in, and He does it all through you. you do, you're doing the fishing. He's doing it all. He's bringing them in. His Word, omnipotent Word, draws them in. Here's the second line, desire of ages. The first thing to be learned by all who would become workers together with God is the lesson of self... What's the, what's the end of that hyphenated word? Self what? Distrust. Distrust. I will put my trust in Him. See? The first lesson every fisher of people learns. I will put my trust in Him. I'll trust Him. I'll just go out there. I'll be there for Him. I don't know if I should say something or not. I just know. Here comes the last sentence. And this is the one. This is a classic. This is one that's known all over the world. Everybody says, oh, yeah, I know where that came from. This is, this is that one. And it's in the story about Peter and Jesus and the fish. Here we go. Final sentence. There is... What are the next two words? No limit. Now, look it. I've done a little fishing here in Michigan, and you have to go down and buy... Do you know this? You have to go down and buy a fishing license, and they will tell you what the limit is. There is a limit. You can only do this. You can only do that. You've got to release. Hook and release if you catch this. But I'm reading right now, there is no limit. If you say, Jesus, whatever this is about, I'm willing to become a fisher for you. Let me, let, 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 let me just help you. If this is why I was born, then let me help you. If you say to Jesus, I'm available to you, guess what? He's not going to limit you to one little minnow. There is no limit to what you can do. No reason by, by the tens, hundreds. You laugh. There have been people with less education than you who have heard the call and have been instrumental in reaching thousands. Don't laugh at him. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. I will put my trust in him. There is no limit. Finish the sentence. There is no limit to the use usefulness of one who by putting self aside, it's not about me, Jesus, makes room for the working of the Holy Spirit upon her heart upon his heart and lives a life wholly consecrated to God. There is no limit. I will put my trust in him. So, don't you be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people with me. To which I say, Amen. What do you say? Amen. Amen. Take your connect card out, please. Pull it out. Stuck away there in your worship bulletin. Guests, please join us. We do this every Sabbath. Front of the card, you fill in what you're comfortable with. Turn the card over. So what do we do with this call to go fishing with Jesus? How do we respond? Uh, my next step today is, before I fish... Here, here's the first one. My next step today is, before I fish for others, I would like Jesus to fish for me. How can I come to Him as my Savior? There's some of you here who... You didn't know that, that God really is crazy about you. you. You had just no idea at all. It may be that today is the day for you to decide, you know what, I'd like, to, I'd, I'd, I'd like his friendship. I'd like to give my life. I'd like to, I'd like, I'd like to know, know, know more about what it means to follow him. If you put a check mark there and an email address on the front, we'll send to you a strategic guide how you can follow Jesus, just like the disciples. Listen, it took several calls for them to finally say, yes, fully. It's okay. He's ready for you.
You put a check mark there, email address, we'll send it to you. We'll send it to you. Why not? What are you waiting for? Why not? You've been waiting all your life for this. Okay, box number two. Like Peter and the disciples, I want to follow Jesus and become an active fisher of people. I'm putting a check mark there. I'm saying I'm not doing enough of it. I'm not doing enough of it. I want to do that. Put a check mark there. You're not promising anybody. You're just saying, God, by your grace, if you do it and if you say the word and it becomes reality and you make me a fisher of people, I'm saying amen. Have at it in my life. Box number three, I'd like to check out the waters by joining your fishing expedition this afternoon at 3.30. No kidding. Right here, Pioneer Memorial Church. Meet right up here on this side of the church by the panel. Piano. We're going to take a little uh, sp- a survey out. This is, this, is as, this is as easy as it comes to get into deep water. We're going to take a survey out and go door to door. Not alone. We'll go together. Come on. Come on out and join us. 3.30. Right here. 3.30. Love to have you. Say, well, do I don't want to come. Well, would you mind bringing your car? We'd be glad to have it. Because there'll be people here who say, I don't have a car. Let's go out. 3.30 this afternoon. Right here. Okay. And finally, number four, I want to join others in praying for those who need Jesus, the lost. It's called House of Prayer. Wednesdays at 7 in the morning in the youth chapel, 7 o'clock in the sanctuary. Love to have you come and join us. God's doing, God's doing stuff in our midst.